what's the best way for Coach Hubert Davis to approach his starting five? Is it a guarantee that R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott make the cut, or do they have to earn it just like everyone else? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, August 24th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me back by popular demand is Coach Bill Robinson. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch every single day. Very seriously, folks, you asked for it in like droves after last week's show. Uh, Coach Bill Robinson is back with us, the head coach of Milligan University Buffaloes and a 20-year veteran uh, coach at the UNC basketball camp. What's cool, Coach? And I talked about it after. He's down to be a regular contributor on the show, and that's super exciting. I know from your comments that you are looking forward to that too, folks. And in addition to sharing his wisdom as a coach and his specific insight into the Tar Heels, Coach Rob, as you'll recall from last week's show, is working on a book with all sorts of great Carolina stories in it. And so here's what we're going to do. At the end of each show that he's on, we're going to have what I'm calling story time with Coach Rob. So it's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to just share from his wealth of UNC history with us. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And if you missed last week's show when Coach was first on, make sure you check that out. I'm going to link it up there in the corner. All right. Coach, that's enough gushing over you. Let's get into talking about our our, uh, concept today. And this actually comes from a listener question from Stanley Daniel on Twitter. And let me read what he says, and then we'll get into our conversation. He says, Isaac, here's my point of view. If Hubert Davis doesn't go into this season with the mindset that nobody has a starting position from the outset, including RJ Davis and Mondo, he will do a great service, disservice, excuse me, to this year's team. This is not the time for past loyalties. Carolina is coming off what Stanley calls an abysmal season where they missed the tournament. Therefore, all the old ideas of success are up for reevaluation. The one thing I admired about Coach K is he had the courage to play the best five players regardless of class. So we have to all stop with this ideal that we should know who should start, where, and when. Why? Because there has to be a new paradigm shift with UNC basketball. But I digress. Let me know what you think. And Stanley says, peace and hair grease with the little peace sign emoji. Stanley, thank you so much for sending this in. And I think this is a great conversation for us to have, Coach. So right off the bat, let me just ask it to you this way. Is Stanley on the right track with this line of thinking, or has he missed the mark? What do you think about that? I think there's definitely two different philosophies when you're coaching. Okay. Uh, the philosophy of, uh, hey, being uncomfortable makes you grow. So let's make everybody as uncomfortable as possible and make everybody earn it. Uh, the other philosophy would say, hey, everybody's got a bank, and you're daily depositing or withdrawing from that bank depending on you know how you play or what you've done in the past. Obviously, freshmen would come in maybe with an empty bank. <laughs> you know, where the upperclassmen would have a lot in their bank and, and they're withdrawing if they if they do something poorly, if they do something good, they, they continually to deposit into that bank. Uh, with, with guys like Armando, who's going to take his spot? Who's going <laughs> to take his playing time? I mean, honestly. So, I mean, he's, you know, fifth year, he's going to be with, with that fifth year, going to be the all-time lead rebounder in history of the program. Who, who's going to really take his spot? So to sit there and say, hey, you got to earn it. 
he's going to look at you like, well, who's going to take my spot? <laughs> uh, a little different with RJ. Obviously, there's more guards and there's a lot of talent within within the guards. But then it comes down, to, uh, you know, a, a matter of leadership. One of the big problems Carolina had last year is they didn't have leadership. Hmm. You know, it was very obvious uh, from the outside. We looking in, they just didn't have that pure leader. Man, it, it, it's got to be RJ, right? It's got to be the guy with the ball in his hands. It's hard to lead if you're not on the floor. So in my personal opinion, as a coach, I want those two guys to know, hey, this is your team. You're going to start. You're going to play a lot. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't matter who starts and who doesn't start. It's who gets the minutes, exactly. who gets the important <laughs> minutes. So I don't care who starts. But yet um, there has to be some kind of uh, you know leadership along that team. And you want those guys to, to, to lead by example as well as, you know, off the court. But starting is a big deal for those two guys. So I think it's, in, in my case and what I would do, I would let the, those two guys know, hey, you're our leaders. You're going to be our stars. I, and I love this kind of two philosophy coach that you just uh, two philosophy approach that you just talked about there, coach. You like just thinking of the idea of selecting your starters more at the general level. Which of those approaches do you typically prefer, or have you used both in in your history as a coach? It it does have to do. Stanley's right. It has to do with where you are on the program. If the program had a great year and successful, man, it's easy to say, hey, the returning guys from that great year, especially if you have a whole five coming back, it's just easy to say, okay, there's some stability with that. I love stability because I, you know, I want our guys to feel good about it. I want them to be able to grow together. But there is something with that, you know, if we didn't have a good year, then then maybe it is possible to to, to open things up and make it real competitive. I had we had our team meeting uh, Sunday night. And I let our guys know, hey, we got a lot of talent, a lot of new talent. You still got to fight for everything that you've earned. Mm. And you're going to fight for time. You got to fight for that starting spot. But the two philosophies, they're still great success. Bobby Knight, simplicity, execution. Dean Smith, variety and change. So you got two totally different ideas of how to play that or coach this game, how the game is supposed to be played. But yet both guys were wildly successful. How do you like what you just mentioned about Armando Baycott when there when there isn't as much challenge for a spot? Because um, you know, I think even in you know you you and I both are teach at Christian colleges, and so from a biblical standpoint, I think about this idea of iron sharpens iron, which we talk about just from like growing as a person. But I think the same principle is often true in the athletic world. So in, in a situation like Armando's, where there's really nobody to challenge him for starting at the five. How does he not become what I'll call fat and happy? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does he keep pushing? Well, the thing about Armando at his level is they can look towards next year, next five years, next 10 years. So he's going to want to make some money and he'd love to stay and play in the NBA. Uh, I know one of the things they talked about at camp this summer was bringing Tyler Zeller in on a regular basis. You know, he, he came three nights to play pickup and then the alumni game the next day, I'm looking forward to watching Tyler play and he didn't come. So then he shows up the next night. I'm like, hey, where were you? He says, I, I was worn out from the three nights playing against Armando every night. You know, I didn't want to play in the alumni game the next day. But I think those are the ideas where you can motivate him thinking about what level do you want to play once you get here? If you want to play at the NBA, you want to play, you know, the highest levels in Europe, making the, the best money, you're going to have to come every day. And it's, it's just a different focus. It's not about that starting. It's not even about how many points you're going to score rebounds you get. It's where you want to be in a year from now. 
Man. Uh, interesting. I feel like in that last round of uh, like, like kind of practice clips that came out through the social media, I feel like I saw Big Z in some of those uh, running with the team. And so that, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I mean, gosh, that's great experience for Mondo going up against a former ACC player of the year. Not, not uh, too shabby to have to go against. But yeah, for Tyler, he uh, doesn't have quite as much meat on the bones as Big Mondo. So that's uh, I'm sure he was indeed tired. Um, Coach, let me ask you about this when it comes to starting lineups. And as you said, I, I love that point about it's ultimately not about the first five. It's about, you know, the last five or, or who it is getting starter level minutes throughout the course of a game. But as you also said, there is just something to being able to say, like, I'm a starter at the University of North Carolina or Milligan University or wherever it is. At, in terms of like your approach to how you start off a game, do you typically like, is it like set it and forget it? Or are you and your coaching staff working like, hey, we're going to tinker throughout the year to find uh, the best starting combination to put us off on the right foot? I think you're always tinkering. We're always trying to find it. The best group that plays together. Uh, when we have open gyms, we, we let, obviously we can't be there, but we let the guys know that, hey, this is the group that we want to play with today. And so we're matching up different. And then we find out later how the games went, who who was successful, who likes playing with who, who played well together, who didn't play well together. So that's part of it. And we see that early in practice. And we'll do the same thing when we we don't have a first, second, third team to start the year. We just we put lineups together. We let them play. We let them practice together and see how that goes, you know, how they all mesh. Um, my best teams have been teams where we can be consistent. And I'll tell you, one of the things we've had problems with is if you have two alpha males, mm -hmm. you know, two of your best players. And um, years ago, I had two great players, but they both um, had that type A personality. When we put them on separate teams, they would fight to prove who was the best guy. They played great together, but they were terrible in practice playing against each other because they're constantly trying to prove who was the guy. So you've got to be able to pick and choose and kind of see those, those things and, and find out what's the best for, for the whole picture. Interesting. And it, that'll be something interesting to come back around on in, in our next segment as we get into talking about the specifics of who Carolina might go with this year of like, can the new guys coming in, whether it's the transfers or maybe the sophomore returners, can they kind of understand and see, hey, as you were talking about, Coach RJ and Armando, those are the dudes coming back while still being spaces, as I remember you were talking about last week, for like somebody like Cormac Ryan to take a very vocal leadership role. So I'm really curious to have more on that conversation. Here's one other starting lineup question I want to ask you, like on kind of that general philosophy uh, standpoint. Is, is it in your, and I'm just asking your opinion, um, more about like we're going to get our five. And, and as you said, the best teams have that consistency going throughout. Is there any, like as you put together a scout for for an opponent, are you looking at, oh boy, we might need to change our starting lineup to match what they're doing with this? Or do you prefer to say, listen, Milligan University is about to do what we're about to do and our opponent is going to have to match us? Yeah, most times we're focused on us first. And if we do what we're supposed to do, may not really matter what the other team does. <laughs> you know, we're taking care of our business. Now, um, there may be a team in our league Again, we're NEI, not a whole lot of big seven-footers in our league. We may see somebody who's got four guards. And when I mean four guards, they may play 6-3 and under at the, four, at the three, you know, one, two, three, fours positions. We may try to match up a little bit of teams really trying to play super fast. But I'll be honest, our guys now, we've got 6-6 six, six guys who can run like the six-foot guys. So it's not – we would still want them to – and there's going to be a mismatch somewhere. Um, and 
we're going to take advantage of it in, in the best way we see fit. Okay. Make them play that, that uh, you know, feels very Dean Smith, very Roy Williams. And a lot of what those gentlemen had always talked about. I love this great conversation around starting lineup construction. The philosophy of it is super great, but everyone's here to talk about, let's get practical with this thing. How do how does coach Davis apply all of that philosophy specifically to this upcoming season? What are some of the potential combinations that the 23, 24 Tar Heels might roll out and tinker with as we were just talking about? We're going to have that conversation in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Lost Our Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, and then you look for the green check mark to know that the part will fit, or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get those right parts with the right fit at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to let you all know that the two-part Ultimate College Football Preview is live right now on Locked On ACC. It's available on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Podcasts, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, once again, we're joined on Locked on Tar Heels today by Coach Bill Robinson, head coach at Milligan University. And, and we're talking today about starting lineups, kind of spurred on by a listener question from Stanley Daniel. Stanley, once again, thanks for your question. So, Coach Rob, we, we've already talked about it some in the first segment that it seems like pretty much guaranteed we're going to see R.J. Davis and Mondo Baycott in that starting lineup, you know, assuming no injuries, goodness gracious, we hope for that. RJ, we were just talking about this on yesterday's show. RJ Davis has literally never missed a game in his Carolina career. I think I've just jinxed him, so I'll knock on wood right now. Um, but but Coach Rob, if you're in Hubert Davis's shoes, how would you be approaching this? How would you go about filling out those final three uh, sp- uh, spots in the starting lineup? I think it all comes down to how practice goes how the workouts go. And, and again, we go back to the bank. Who's been playing well, who has not been playing well. And that can change. You know, you get somebody like Cormac who just, just shoots the ball just incredibly. Uh, and he gets hot. He's got to be on the floor. He's got to be starting. And in my mind, he's penciled in at the three right now. Uh, one of the cool things about camp is being able to see those guys play at night. They actually had a lineup one night of Elliot Cadeau, RJ Davis and Seth Trimble playing together. <laughs> and it was amazing. Cause it just the speed of the game. And I mean, that's a lineup. You're sitting there going, goodness, you could put Cormac at the four, you know, you could, 
you know, put, uh, you know, Harrison Ingram at the four. There's a lot of different, you know, put Zayden High in there and just go full high energy length and speed and quickness. And, oh, my goodness, it, the matchup, I mean, the, the lineups could be just uh, crazy depending on what they want to do with it. There's not really a, a, a scenario to have a huge lineup, in my opinion. But those quick, long, athletic, really fast lineups, man, it could be a lot of fun to see what they do, I think especially at the defensive end. But, uh, I mean, those are some of the possibilities I would love to see. Do you – I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of conversation about that switch from the Roy Williams traditional two big lineups that we were used to seeing under Coach Williams to now, you know – not. And- Davis, but but basketball as a whole is kind of moving towards a little bit more small ball lineups with with consistency. I call it like that. I love that three guard lineup you just talked about. And I feel like sometimes we saw that last year with Caleb, RJ, Seth, and even DeMarco Dunn. Like I feel like we had all four of them sometimes last year. Um, I call that three guard lineup the three G lineup. Do you do you think it makes um, some sense to have that? Whether it's like maybe an Elliot and RJ and then either Cormac or Seth essentially at the three. D- does that make some sense to you? Or do you think that's a lineup that would get abused defensively too much? I, I actually don't think it's going to get abused too much as long as they're active and defensive and how they defend pick and rolls is going to change. I think they have to have multiple ways of how to defend it. Um, that would be a great lineup to, to, to jump it, you know, to double it and really just attack awesome. it and just like guys fly all over the gym trying to get in passing lanes. Um, so it, it's a lot of different opportunities for those guys to be able to um, to get playing time, even if it's a three three minute run or four minute run. It doesn't have to be anything that's uh, you know extended. But then when there is success with a, one of those lineups, you can let them ride it. Just let them ride until the you know the the, the next media timeout or until uh, you know until it's not successful anymore. Yeah. But it just gives a lot of opportunity for those guys to get some run um, and play m- multiple guys like we all want to have. And man, it's so hard now with the the twenty game ACC slate. You don't get as many of those buy games, and so there's not as many opportunities to to tinker and try because all of these, even the non conference games, you're trying to get quad one victories to try to uh, beef up that resume, and so it's harder to tinker with all that now. And so that'll be something more interesting to watch as well. Um, I mean, coach, from what you've seen from Jalen Washington, here's something I've been a little bit curious about. Do you think he is fleet-footed enough or has enough lateral quickness to play the four at all? Like, could we see a lineup where – because I'm with you. I really think I expect to see more – like, as a starting combo, having, like, Harrison at the four, maybe Jalen Withers. But is there a scenario in which you could foresee Jalen Washington starting at the four ever? I I do. I like him a lot. I think he's a great kid. I've enjoyed being around him. But – he just, I mean, he can bring a dimension shooting the basketball. I think, you know, and I know Jalen Withers can shoot it. I know Harrison can shoot it. But Jalen can get hot to a point where, I mean, he could carry you for for a little while. Um, I love to see him have success early. I think that's really important for him to have in a game. I think he's, I don't know what he's doing in practice. Obviously, I'm not there. <laughs> sure. But if he, has, if he has success early in games and kind of gets that momentum, I could see him being, a huge impact player. I think Harrison's solid. Harrison's going to do what he does. Um, Jalen Withers just athletically, I think, just brings a whole different dimension to what they do. I'm excited about him because I think he can guard. Honestly, I think he can guard anybody. He can guard the little guys because he's so long and athletic. Use it, but he's he can guard and be a, just a pest to the big guys too. So I mean, they've got so many pieces. It really depends on, on just what direction they want to go in. 
I mean, it, it, I love that point because one of the things that, you know, assuming as you and I talked about last week, Coach Davis really does lean into the depth that he um, has built this year. It feels like there's so many different ways this team could attack with so many different um, lineup styles and, and constructions that uh, I like you talked about, like, let's let this this five roll for four minutes, be successful, and then throw a completely different look. Like as a coach, how does that mess with you? It's hard to prepare. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're playing 10 of 12 guys and you're running a lot of different things defensively, offensively, that's why I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I don't worry about people scouting us, but when we've run so much stuff and I do go towards that, the Carolina philosophy, the Dean Smith or, you know, variety and change, but if we're running 15 sets in a game and my guys are having a hard time remembering what, where they're supposed to be, how is the other guy going to remember, you know, how are they going to be able to prepare for us? So yeah. that's why I love the variety and change. Cause if, if it's simplicity and execution, it's gotta be perfect. And that's why Bobby Knight was great at because they did it perfectly. But you know, the variety and change gives you a lot of different options. It gives you a lot of different ways to go. And uh, I think that's what I would like to see. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times last year you'd see that, maybe offenses where they put the three best guys, they're going to get RJ, you know, and, and Caleb and, and Armando in a, in a, a set where they're the only guys who are going to touch the ball and then put two guys in the corner and just let them spread out. I would like to see more of that full movement and, and, and really get a chance to have all five guys touch the ball and, and per possession, every possession. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like there's going to be more offensive acumen at all five spots now. And with all due respect, like I, let me just say the name with all due respect to leaky. Like there are just games where just the the level of offensive necessity coming from that three spot just wasn't there. And I think we will get that much more consistently this year from whoever is in at the three coach. Here's another philosophy question with all that, that, that comes to mind as we're talking, do you ascribe more to this idea of let me look at my personnel and then that's going to help determine lineup and playing style uh, that fits the best or, Hey, here's my style of play as coach Bill Robinson or coach Hubert Davis. And then what makes, what five makes the most sense with, within that. D does that make sense? Those two differences yeah. I'm asking there. Yeah. I like to make steak and potatoes, you know, <laughs> and then, you know so that's my, that's my go-to. I'm with but it. If, Can I come eat at your house? That sounds great. But if, if I go, you know, to the fridge and there's seafood, I, I got to make seafood. There's no steak, you know, so I'm going to take whatever I, I have. I'm going to find out what I have before there's philosophy stuff like stuff. There's sets I love to run and I think they're, they're awesome, but if it doesn't fit to the personnel that I have, it's not going to work. So I've got to take whatever ingredients I have and then, and I'm going to bake that cake with what I have, but I, I can't just make up something along the way and try to, and I know every coach is different college. You can recruit to a certain way. And right. I mean, Jim Beheim was a great example of that. He had the <laughs> zone. He's going to, you know, he had the tallest team in the country a few years ago and just going to spread it out and make it really hard for you to be able to score against him. But he recruited specifically for what his, his philosophies and what his system is. Um, I think you can do that at the college level, but sometimes you just get a great player. You want them there and you just take whatever you have and, and yeah. make sure that they are, are, you use their best uh, abilities to, to, to maximize what you're trying to do. Love it. Going to be weird not to see Coach Bayheim on the sideline this year, and it sounds like uh, Coach Autry might be going away from that zone defense. I'm really curious to see how that turns out. Well, it's going to be strange. 
Yeah, exactly. Coach, I have posited on our on our show multiple times what what I think would be the starting five, you know, in in game one. If I'm holding your feet to the fire, who would if you were Coach Davis, just like and again, we don't know what's going on in practice right now. We don't know how things will go, but just what makes the most sense for you as you look at this roster for a starting five in game one at least? It's gotta be RJ and Armando for sure. There's your two and your five. Um, from what I saw, depending on, again, the matchups and who you, you want to be, it's either Harrison Ingram or Jalen Withers at the four. I think either one of those guys, they're totally different players in my mind, but they both have huge abilities to make an impact. So it really depends. And then I got Cormac at the three. I just think he shoots it so well. Um, that would be, if I had to probably put Harrison right now, I okay. think he maybe just a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more ready. But uh you know, I've an Elliot at the one. I think Elliot will prove that he's the guy at the one. So I've got Elliot, RJ, Cormac, uh, Harrison, and uh, and Armando. Okay, love it. And and it's just good to get. Like obviously, we hear lots of people give their things, but from your coach's viewpoint, it's just great to hear all those nuances of here's why this guy and here's why not that guy and all that. Yep. Well, folks, grab a blanket. Get some hot cocoa, circle up around the fire. It is just about time for story time with Coach Rob. We'll do that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes you're at a fork in the road and the right path just isn't clear. Whether you're just dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who have experienced major life trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, let me encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnCollege. All right, I'm very excited for this. Coach Rob is in the midst of writing a book, just detailing all sorts of fun Carolina stories that he's experienced through his years of interactions with the program. And uh, as Coach Rob and I were talking about him coming to be a more consistent contributor, he said, you know, Isaac, I would love to just start maybe sharing a story each week that uh, maybe folks could come around and just enjoy hearing a little tidbit of Carolina history. And I was like, Coach, I'm all in on that. I think stories are make what makes the world go round. And so let me just turn it over to you. You have the floor, sir. Let's get into our first ever story time with Coach Rob. Well, I got to do the greatest uh, greatest camp night ever. And that's kind of how that story is going to be, uh, be titled. But in 2008, I'm working in uh, Chapel Hill High School Auxiliary Gym, tiny little gym. And the very first morning, Joe Holiday walks in and says, uh, do you know a kid named Sam Combs? He's a camper. And fortunately, I knew who he was, and I didn't know why. You know, he's, yeah, he's right there. Why? He says, oh, that's Dean Smith's grandson. I just came in and say hello. And I said, oh, cool. Well, Sam went on and won the free throw shooting contest for that day. And I go to the afternoon session in the Smith Center. I'm getting ready to head back to dinner, walk down the visitor's tunnel, and run smack in to Coach Dean Smith. So I introduced myself to him. I had never met him. Hey, Coach, my name is Billy Robinson. Uh, I've got your 
grandson Sam in my camp this morning, and uh, you know he won the free throw shooting contest. Well, he looked at me and said, "Yeah, I heard that, and uh, I'm thinking about coming out, and maybe watching some games tonight." And in my mind, I thought, "Oh no!" <laughs> but I said, uh, "Yeah, great. That would be that. Would, we would love to have you. That'd be awesome." So we get on the bus that night, grab my staff together, and say, "Hey, you know, we got Sam, uh, coach's grandson, in our gym. He's talked about maybe coming out to watch us play tonight." Uh, just want to give you guys a heads up. So auxiliary gym, bleachers pushed in so we can play side courts. I get two chairs, put them in the corner away from the bleachers, just in case he comes. Um, games get going. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, 1997, coach retires. These kids are born in 1997. They might not even know who he is. Um, you know, we, we, it's going to be okay. Well, about five minutes into the game, the back door opens and kids just run. They're just gone while playing. They're in the middle of the game and they run. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And I run over there and Coach Smith and his daughter have walked in. I got all the kids back and brought them to their seats, sat them down and then said, Coach, what do I do? I mean, they all want to meet you. And I'll be honest, I, I want them to meet you. I want, he says, bring them over a couple at a time. Just don't let me get overwhelmed. So we stopped the game at one end so he can still watch his son play, grandson play. And we walked the kids over by teams just to get a handshake or a picture, just say hello, and got everything under control. Just about got the night, kind of everybody back doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Tyler Hansborough walks in, <laughs> reigning national player of the year. Everybody runs to the door. Games are just, whoa, 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 what, what are we doing, Stop. Walk over, hey, Tyler, we got Coach Smith here tonight. Would you mind going to the hallway? Uh, yeah, Coach, no problem. So, we again, same thing. Stop the games, bring the kids to the hallway, let Tyler, you know, give autographs, high fives, whatever. I walk back in the gym, and Kurt Sinnott, who played JV for Coach at Kansas, was working in the gym with me, and he looks at me and goes, hey, Bill, I hear the president's on his way. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it wasn't 30 seconds later, Roy Williams walks in the door. Get out, no. And again, kids go Shh, flying. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. We're not doing this again. We stop for Coach Smith. We stop for Tyler. You're going to stay here. You're going to play games. If you want to get Coach's autograph, he'll be at the cafeteria tomorrow. But we're not stopping again. So fast forward to 2023. This summer, I'm at dinner one night, and a guy comes in, two guys who are working dorm staff. They're 25, 26 years old. One guy sits down to my right. The other guy sits across. He's an ATC, one of the trainers for the camp and introduce myself and we're just we just have dinner no big deal so uh getting ready to go to my session one of the guys stops me and says hey i saw you had dinner with sam tonight i said yeah we he just came and sat next to me um he, he's just working dorm staff or something he's just a camp he goes well you know he's coach smith's grandson i said oh no i didn't know that cool that's really awesome well we go to the coach's party that night and we have to get a wristband because you're going into a restaurant that's open for everybody public and if you have a wristband and the waitresses know that you're with your wings and your, your sweet tea are on the camp. Camp's going to pay for that, not, not me. So I walk in to get my – and Sam's the one who's giving out the, the wristband. So he gives it to me, and great thanks. And then uh, I had brought a copy of what I had written for the book uh, to a buddy of mine. He read it and was giving it back to me. It was the last night of camp, and he gave it to me. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's Sam. That's – oh, wait a second. That's Coach Grandson. So – I went back to him and said, hey, I got a book here. I got a whole chapter on your grandfather. Here's, you know, Dean Smith's got a whole chapter. He might be able to answer. He said, oh, thanks. He sat it down. And I went back and sat down, was eating wings with a couple of my guys, and then thought, 
wait a second, that's 11-year-old Sam Combs from 2008. That's him, all grown up. So I, I went over to him and said, hey, Sam, there's a story in here about you. You need to see this. And then I went outside. I said, I got to go call my wife. Went out and called Barb, and I said, you'll never believe this. Well, I walked back in, and Sam's waiting for me. He goes, I remember that night. I remember that night. But it was like a full circle moment. The whole thing was just – but that's the craziest uh, camp story I have. It's just a, just a wonderful experience to be able to be around those guys. And uh, and then reconnect with Sam was pretty awesome. Woo, coach. Okay, <laughs> I'm collecting myself. I'm collecting my. That is a story right there. I, I love the, oh, who's next? The president. That's It's just too good. <laughs> love the full, full circle moment. And, uh, man, that is a great way to kick off our first ever story time with Coach Rob. Thank you so much and look forward to hearing what you have to share with us every time you're on. It's great stuff. Folks, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. What a great way to end. We want to thank you again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. You everydayers, man, it was a treat today. If you're a guest or new to the show, welcome in. You came at a good time. Make sure you keep coming back and become part of this community as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow Coach at Coach Rob Buffs or follow me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts comments heck maybe you got some stories to share with us too don't forget to subscribe on video and audio platforms smash the like button to let us know you're here leave your comments on today's show coach and i want to thank you again and remind you that it's always a great day to be a tar heel we'll talk with you again on tomorrow's show but until then peace